All right, KISS Army, welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. This is a KISS-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Oh, this is going to be a clusterfuck. Welcome to episode 246 of the KISS FAQ podcast. I hope my mic's on, I hope I'm pressed record, and I hope we're all ready to go. Um, You know what? Shut up, Julian. I am your host. Um, And let's just talk about something a little bit more important than anything else is uh, J.R. Smalling, the first, the original road manager for the band, has cancer. Um... Let me just see if I get these details right, because uh, last year he was diagnosed with uh, metastatic bone cancer, uh, which generally has a poor prognosis. However, his medical teams found a combination treatment that um, is stopping the disease, and the prognosis looks positive for the outcome. However, in America, healthcare can be very expensive, and JR needs our help. Any fan who's been a fan of the band and has ever listened to a live has heard his You Wanted the Best, You Got the Best intro, which he came up with originally. And you can read uh, Ken Sharp or Jeff and Kurt's books about how he came up with that opening, which is the opening used by the band to this day, slightly different form. But he was part of an original road crew of, you know, six guys who went out with the band when they were still wearing leather and T-shirts when they were still blowing off people's hands with special effects. He was part of that. He was part of the grueling road that took them to where they became in mid-1976. They were able to sign with uh, Glickman Marks and take their show to the next road, uh, the next level. So as KISS fans, if you're able to contribute to his GoFundMe, the link can be found in a sticky on the KISS FAQ. It can be found all over Facebook now. Um, five bucks. Three bucks, ten bucks, whatever. It's not about how much. It's about how many people we can get to give a few bucks to help someone out who's in need. So I certainly hope that you're able to. The podcast is doing a button fundraiser. They've come up with a really cool design for a button. You give them ten bucks, they'll send you a button, and they'll donate the proceeds to his care. So that's one fun way. Maybe if you're like-minded, you can come up with something similar that will interest fans without breaking any copyrights or trademarks. Um the thing is, is if you can't give, share. Get the message out on your Twitter, your Instagrams, your whatever social media that you have access and control over. Because any help is a big help. Don't bitch and moan and turn threads or topics into negative about who's doing what and who's not doing what. That's irrelevant. This is about JR's life and do something positive so that he can have a positive outcome to what is a very serious battle that he's fighting. So, JR, if you hear this from all of us at the KISS FAQ podcast, we wish you the very best. We wish you help. You're in our thoughts. Uh, those of us, you know, you're in our prayers as well. So we wish you the very best, and we'll get the word out as much as we can. All right, let's move on to some slightly happier stuff before we get into today's topic. Um, yesterday... Happy birthday, Tommy and Eric. That lineup, 15th anniversary of their first show. Um, their first, you know, as a established lineup rather than Tommy filling in someone's boots, well, um, on a temporary basis, um, took place in Perth, Australia. And that night they played a Pledge of Allegiance to the State of Rock and Roll, Rock the Nation Tour. Those were the 
those were the days actually when you didn't know what you're going to get on that tour and they did all sorts of fun shit especially when they came back here so tommy eric thank you for everything that you brought to the band i'm only saying that on my own behalf because i wouldn't have seen half as many kiss shows if it wasn't for this lineup and i know other people have different opinions and that's nice they're theirs not mine so very cool um indie expo i'm gonna be hopping on a plane shortly won't be a 747 but uh Indie Expo this weekend. I'm there. I've posted some pictures of, uh, you know, some other merch that I'll be selling at my table. Be a lot of vendors, <coughs> a lot of guests. Mark Slaughter, John Crabby. Oh, yeah, Bruce. Tommy yeah. Thayer. Can't go wrong. So it should be a very fun weekend. Look forward to uh, hopefully going Facebook Live or maybe even doing a couple little uh, facking off episodes uh, while I'm out there just to see what I can share. And then finally... This is just a little bit of a reminder. Last week's episode uh, featuring parts of Backstage Pass was not a review of the whole book. It was taking a few quotes that have been taken out of context in various places. You know, 20-page threads on the FAQ, arguments on Facebook, because you don't think the FAQ is the only place where people argue and disagree about Kiss, do you? You're not that what? stupid. What? You're not a real moron if you think... There's other places. There are other places where people get into it just looking I like, thought that's where the only argumentative Kiss fans went. Yeah. No, apparently they've also been on. Apparently they've also been on the Kiss Cruisers forum, which shut oh. down its commenting and has been banning. I left there because it just got it was bullshit. Uh, since I'm not going on the cruise again, but uh, it was just about those quotes, and we tried to set the context to which they were. Um, appeared in the book the bigger context so obviously we completely failed for a few people and i'm sorry but no i'm not we did make it very clear um whatever let's uh lonnie you saw ace freely this week and hopefully you I, sent me a pm so that i can go on yeah. mute and do my uh, little side i did thing. send you a PM. pretty good um i uh i did i got to see ace Frehley this weekend he was at a small outdoor amphitheater in chesterfield missouri about 20 minutes from my house so it was pretty nice ace Frehley came that close to town. He was part of a little festival that like a, a festival promoter put together with Enough's Enough and Stars and Angel. Oh and yeah, that's Ace Frehley headlining. Um, you know, they, they announced it back in, I don't know, it was like January or something. I was like, is this really going to happen? This is kind of crazy, you know? And it, and it did, it was great. We had, my wife and I were in, we're in the front row. Um, Right, right by, right by Ace. It was, it was awesome. So, um, we got there and we were watching Stars, and my wife leans over to me and she goes, "Are these guys supposed to be any good or not?" <laughs> I go, oh. Supposed to be any good? I go, yeah. And she goes, and she kind of rolls her eyes like, "Why am I here?" You know, but you know, that's okay. So, can't please um, everyone. Not the, right. not the first time she's rolled her eyes and said, why am I here, is it? Come on. Not the first time that day she rolled her eyes at me. So. <laughs> you know, um, so Ace came out uh, and played the same set that said he played the night before. I wish I wouldn't have cheated and looked at what he played the night before because it was, it was, it was, I was happy with it. I mean, rip it out, Parasite, Hard Times, watching you, rocking with the boys, Rocket Ride, Snowblind, Strange Ways. Rock Soldiers, New York Groove, Shock Me, Cold Gin, Detroit Rock City, and Deuce. 15 songs. I wish he would have played a little bit longer, but you know what? 
I enjoyed his set list thoroughly as the night was going on. I mean, yeah, I mean, watching you, <laughs> hard times, strange ways. I mean, it's good stuff and different stuff than your, what you always get from from a Kiss show. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And a Kiss show, yeah. From a Kiss show, correct. Um, I, I thoroughly – I didn't see Ace in – I guess it was like three and a half years was the last time he was here. So it was, it was good to see him. He he looked good. He he sounded good. He played good. His well, band his band was question, terrific. Question yes. for you. I, 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 am I taking questions? Yes, I'll, I'll take yeah. a question. Okay. Uh, question for, from over here from Canada. Yes. Um, I'd like to know, were you disappointed that there wasn't more from the new album played? I'm sorry. No, no like, that's fake news. <laughs> the fake news no i i knew there wouldn't be more from the album play it's the only song he's really playing from the album so i wasn't disappointed in that because you know what i'd rather hear i'd rather hear when i go to an ace show i'd rather hear parasite i'd rather hear hard times and rocket ride and new york roof and you know you're going to get shock me and cold gin and I get why he plays the Short Rock City and Deuce. I'm really not into it when he plays the Short Rock, especially like the Short Rock City. He's like, all right, that's, I know it has like a signature solo in it. You didn't write the solo, but it has a signature solo in it. Um, yeah. I'd rather hear, I'd rather hear more, personally, I'd rather hear more Fraley's Comet stuff or, or Second Sighting stuff or something like that as opposed yeah. to um, do Short Rock City. Watching you was really cool, actually. I mean, I wasn't really ex- planning on, on that, but. You know, it's a classic Kiss song with a classic Kiss riff. So that was actually really enjoyable hearing hearing that. It's one of my favorite my favorite Kiss songs. So um, you need to go see Return of the Comet. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree because actually, I actually, they need to come see your neck of the woods, not the vice versa. Neck of the way, neck of the woods. What are you doing? Uh, another question from Canada. Um, I'd like to know what was the best song of the night. Best song of the night. For me, it was hard times, just because mm-hmm. it's something you don't get at all. Yeah, you know what I mean. I don't. I don't think I've heard him play hard times. I've seen him four or five times by himself. Maybe I've heard him do hard times before, but maybe not very often. I've heard him do hard times. So you enjoyed it. So that's what it. What's For it, sure, what's that's about. and that's the most important part. So he was really good. He didn't play as long as I would have wanted him to. I wanted to play maybe maybe two or three more songs, but the place had a. He blamed it on the fact that the outdoor venue had a ten thirty curfew, and he mm-hmm. had that. And that could be true. Yeah, yeah, yeah that that's cool. Oh, how was Angel? Angel was was cool. They were they were you know pretty spot on, very very sound, very on the money. I thought. Yeah, um, I didn't watch really, them up from a really up, good band. I mean, they were they were yeah. That's what struck me the most is how proficient they were and how and how tight they were more than anything else. Um, my wife did comment, how many people are in this band? Because there's, there's like seven people on stage <laughs> with keyboards and everything else going. I was like, you know, I said, well, how many people are in Guns N' Roses? You didn't complain about that when we saw that. Yeah, I think what's cool is uh, what I'm finding with Angel is how well their catalog has aged. And mm-hmm. same with Stars, for that matter. But uh, 
you know, very cool. Glad you got to, yeah, it was a good to time. see it was a good show. show. Yeah, everything I've read online, all the reviews and all the comments from people is that Ace is finally clicking with the new guys, you know, with Gene's band, that they are really, they're, they're coming across powerful things are very synced up and the quality of the shows, the performances is uh, way up from the last time they saw Ace, which uh, in many cases wasn't in the last year either, like you. Right, right. I, I saw him with, with Richie Scarlett and, and the other guy. Ace is getting ready to come on. This guy, I don't know, a few rows behind me goes, Richie, MF, and Scarlet. And I'm like, he's not even in the band anymore, dude. <laughs> you just need to calm down and have another beer. So, <laughs> so before we move into today's topic, Lonnie, would you like to apologize to anyone for the, what you did at that oh, show? Oh, yeah, because <laughs> apparently I was out of my mind hammered during the last show. No, Uh-oh. actually, yeah. you know, I, I do the show 90% of the time sitting at my desk. And I'm so involved in what I'm doing half the time. Like today, Julian had the message made, Hey, you're going to do the show. I'm like, Oh yeah, I got to do the show right now. So I'm, and I'm, while I'm sitting here, you know, I'm, I'm looking at, at you guys on one monitor and my other monitor usually has work related stuff. So on it, my desk has work related stuff on it. So a lot of the times during the show, I'm, I'm distracted by my other life. And so last week or two weeks ago when I was on the show, I was able to do the show from the comfort of my own home. And have a beer after work and relax. So no, I'm not drunk or hammered or I. One guy said I think Lonnie should have to do should have to do two beers before the start of every show. So maybe I was just a little more vocal because I was a little more relaxed and at home. So well, sorry. That, that totally isn't what I was getting at. It was the, oh, the guy who you getting at? the guy whose photos you blocked by standing up. <laughs> Oh, that's funny, too. Yeah, yeah someone said, I can't, I can't remember who you were, and I do apologize, but uh, you sent me some <laughs> pictures, which I did pass on to Lonnie, and it's just Lonnie's head blocking the view of the stage. And he's like, Lonnie's in a lot of my photos. I'm like, it's this giant in the front of the stage. <laughs> yeah, sit down. And you're not even that tall. It's like, I'm come not on. that tall. Well, it, what, makes it, what makes it worse, though, is like my wife's standing next to me. She's like a foot shorter than me, so you can see the drop-off from me to her. So it looks like I'm this freaking giant standing in the front of the stage. <laughs> That's so funny. All right, well, let's get into today's topic, and uh, it, it's straight from the FAQ. And uh, for people who are not members, it's in one of the forums that you can actually see without joining. Um, and it's ranking the 1980 studio output, you know, just like we've been doing with our stolen methodology from the lipstick panel when we do albums, that we rank everything in order and assign a highest point to our favorite and low point to our least favorite, then add them all up and come up with a panel ranking of whatever list it happens to be. We're doing the same with the, the studio albums that were released in the 1980s. And that includes Smashes, the Smashes, <laughs> and Shits. Um, and Kiss Killer, since both of those included uh, new studio recordings. Of course, the glorious Let's Put the X in Sex and You Make Me Rock Hard. And we won't talk about Eric Carr's. Um, uh, thank you. Yeah, on, on one and, of course, the uh, the four new tracks on the Michael James Jackson produced uh, Kiss Killers. So smash has got to be in there anyway because it's the band's highest certified officially certified album of the 1980s and of the whole unmasked period so eat it anyone who hates it i've got like three copies of the damn thing here um so let's just get into our our list and each we'll just go around and from least favorite to favorite We'll give our lists, and uh, then I'll do the math. I've already done the math in the background, but you don't need to know that, dear viewer. Um, let's start with uh, 
uh, Ken, who's barely said a word so far today. Yeah, just listening, enjoying the show. Um, <laughs> listening and learning. <laughs> listening and learning, yes. Um, all right, so the the least favorite of all those releases in the 80s um, is, for me, Smashes Thrashes, the one you just talked about, is my least favorite. Um, you know, mostly because it's, it's first of all, uh, there's what the two new songs that are just abominations as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and, and then, and then them having, uh, Eric Carr sing Beth, which was kind of ridiculous. You know, he sings it fine, but it's just, there was no need to, uh, to do that on that one. So that's on the bottom. Why don't we, um, you know, just go through each one of our lists and then I will do the calculations and we'll uh, do the panels ranking and then we can talk about all of the albums, um, you know, in, okay. in, in sequence. Rather, so we, just give you the list. Yeah, just okay. give me just Continue. give me the list. And all, all right. just by the way, everyone has smashes at, at shit bottom. So, you know, there, there's <laughs> okay. there's a shock. Smashes so. is, yeah, yeah. That's what, number 10? Yep. yep. Um, uh, okay, so nine is Killers. Eight, I had Hot in the Shade. Seven, I had Crazy Nights. Six, I had Animalize. Five, I had Asylum. Four, Music from the Elder. Three, Unmasked. Number two, Lick It Up. And number one, Creatures of the Night. There's a shock. (laughs) <laughs> Mark, how about you? I almost, I almost made that number two, but yeah, I made it number one. What's your list? Well, um, probably not too many surprises, but some might be. Ten, Smashes, Thrashes, and Hits. Number nine, Hot in the Shade. Uh, number eight, Animalize. Number seven, Killers. Number six, Music from the Elder. Number five, Lick It Up. Number four, Unmasked. Number three, Crazy Nights. Uh, number two, Creatures of the Night. And number one, Asylum, of course. Okay. Of course. Let me just do a double take. All right, Lonnie. All right. Number 10 for me is Smashes, Thrashes, and Hits. Number nine is Hot Shade. Eight is Killers. Seven, Music from the Other. Six, Analyze. Five, Crazy Nights. Four, Asylum, three, Unmasked, two, Lick It Up, and one, Creatures of the Night. Ken and I, I think, match on three, two, and one. Wow. Pretty good. Just checking my notes just to make sure. Um, All right. right. From least favorite to favorite, my picks are Smashes, Hits, Animalize, Killers, Unmasked, Elder, Crazy Nights, then into my top three, Asylum, Creatures, and Lick It Up is wow. my favorite of the 1980s. So right. yeah. let's let's talk about Smashes first. Ken, you've uh, had your say on that. So Mark, why yeah. why, why do you hate Smashes so much? Well, I mean, besides the fact that the studio tracks are weak, terrible, I mean, just some of the remixes that they did as well were just not very mm-hmm. good. They just ugh. It just doesn't sit with me very well. I mean, I can understand it's sold very well because, you know, it's a greatest hits record and 
maybe at that time period there was a new wave of people buying Kiss albums, so maybe it sold well then. But yeah, I I just think the studio tracks are pretty weak. Lonnie, how about you? I agree with the studio tracks are weak. Eric Carr thing, I'm not a fan of, and I don't like the way the sound. I don't like the way the songs were remixed with fading, taking out the you know the pounding drums on on I Love It Loud and, and mm-hmm. you know other versions like that. I'm, I'm not a fan of the mixes on that album, and I'm not a fan of the new songs on the album. So it got the bottom ranking. Yeah, I actually played the hell out of this album in Singapore. Loved it. You know, loved the new songs, and then I saw the video to You Make Me Rock Hard. <laughs> that, that kind of changes everything. It, you know, You Make Me Rock Hard is okay as a song, but the production is so tinny and kind of mm-hmm. hyper-processed. It's like trying to out Nevison Nevison. Um, and and what he had done on the previous album, which uh, may have been okay for that material because some of it was actually good, but uh, on on smashes those songs were not bad, were not good. And I know Paul has uh, justified them, saying you know that's just the best I could do at the time. Well, I would have put on two more songs in the seventies actually. Um, yeah. But but the, yeah. But there you go. Or done like, you know, the UK at least included in Reason to Live and Crazy Crazy Nights on on that edition. All right. In ninth place, the panel overall ranking is hot in the shade. Or not in the shade, as the case may well more be. Ken, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on Hot in the Shade? Yeah, that was a little on my list. Um, it's basically, it's because I, I think it's songs in general are not great they're not horrible uh, well, a couple of them are <laughs> but they're not great um, and the other issue is the product it's another production thing you know it's demos uh and eric carr is not playing on all the you know tracks either um so that's the standpoint i mean there's a couple i i enjoy I'll, i will play it every now and then but it's it's just falls far beneath a lot of their other material yeah it's hard to you know that you go it's like as far as you can get from the production of crazy nights it's like the difference between destroyer and rock and roll over crazy nights mm-hmm. and hot in the shade there's no fidelity or depth in the sound it's just very flat uh to me it's uh you know all filler not enough killer so uh that's why it's so low down on my, uh, on my list even though there are a couple of great songs on there without doubt when there's 15 songs on an album and you have to kind of rank it against everything else overall it's just weak mark mm-hmm. yeah well i think one of the things that i have a problem with you just touched on way too many songs on the record they would have axed maybe you know half of them it might have been a bit stronger of a record but again there's so many points on this that didn't sit well with me. Some of the songs sounded like they were just put on there just for putting, you know, material on. Um, other songs had drum machine rather than Eric Carr. And I mean, you have a great drummer in your band. Why wouldn't you use him? You know, and uh, you know, it's just it seemed like a very phoned-in record. I know it was a time that they needed to really uh, keep the eye on the dollar, so to speak. So they, you know, went to a cheaper studio, and you know, a lot of stuff was done to keep the budget in check. But I mean, you know, you're you're supposed to be making a record that inspires your fan base to buy it, and this is just not one of them, I think. Yeah, they wanted to be street again, apparently. All right, Lonnie. Yeah, I think you guys nailed it when you said there's just too many songs on the album. 
I mean, it's about quantity, I mean, quality and not quantity. And at the time, though, a lot of bands were doing this by putting, just because you can fit 75 minutes worth of music yeah. onto a CD doesn't mean you should. A lot of bands were doing this at the time. Just, oh, we, we can fit more songs on here. Well, let's put more songs on here. We have the ability to do so. Um, Guns N' Roses did it in 1991 with Use Your Illusion 1 and 2. Both those albums are extremely long. And you can make the argument that you could really shorten those down, too, that they went with quantity as opposed to, to quality, making one great album as opposed to two really long albums. So for me, I think that's where it really loses it, is that amongst all those songs, there are a few gems in there with Forever, obviously, it was a big hit for them. You know, I really like Hide Your Heart. And, you know, Rise to It isn't a bad song. And But after that, there's just not a whole lot there with, you know, Read My Body and Silver Spoon and Cadillac Dreams. And it's just, I could name about five or six or seven more or eight more bad songs in a, in a row that are on that album. So that's, there, there's another. You know, <laughs> Hey Boomerang, it's awful. Mm-hmm. So... You know, that, that's my argument. That's my problem. While there are some good songs on there, the the terrible outweighs the few gems that are found on that. Yeah, the shocker is is that Sword and Stone didn't even get, you know, another, yeah. another yeah. look and read How the body. How make any sense. Talking about totally copying. Go, you go from copying um, Bon Jovi on the previous album to copying Def Leppard and and Aerosmith. You know, obviously they'd had uh, Walk yeah. This Way with the Run DMC with the pseudo rap. You know, crap of Read My Body, but Read My Body is probably the death punch. That's the nut punch on the album. So, yeah, really poor. All right. Uh, 10 9. In eighth place, Kiss Killers. You guys kill me. I love those four songs. Um, But they're all kind of one note. There's no real dynamic shift between them, and I think the lack of a Gene song probably explains why some of you guys had this lower than me. Uh, but I love those songs, and the first time I heard I, A Legend Tonight, uh, you know, which is well after it had come out, obviously, I just loved the whole where they were going with those four songs. And then as I learned more about the history of what was going on and the reason why those songs exist, you know, the uh, edits and all that shit on the rest of it are just garbage. Uh, just pointless to me so those songs are decent mark um yeah i mean i had it at seven um i I like those four songs in fact uh you know nowhere to run i think is a good enough song that that just that song alone trounces hot in the shade easily for me so um and you know the other ones are good too legend tonight is really good i mean those two i think are the strongest of the material that they did uh of the four and just those alone, um, I think, definitely give me a stronger listen than Hot in the Shade, funny enough. Um, but I think the production also is, is pretty pretty good. And it was also kind of an indicator of what to maybe expect for upcoming stuff with Kiss, because they had Michael James Jackson <clears throat> then working on stuff with them. So, uh, you know, it was kind of a foreshadow of what was to come. Yeah, oddly, it's closer sonically to look it up, in my opinion, than it is Creatures. So mm-hmm. uh, you and I actually had that the highest. So uh, let's see who rate, rated it the lowest. Ken, let's go to you. <laughs> I rated it the lowest. <laughs> um, yeah, number nine for me. Uh, it's 
you know, again, those yeah, those songs are are good, uh, good songs. A couple of them are pretty darn good. Um, I mean, I love Nowhere to Run uh, a lot, um, but it's it's partly the fact that yeah, it's 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 just a compilation for the most part, and then though it's produced pretty pretty well, um, the the other thing about you know, no Gene, basically. I don't know if Gene even plays on it at all. Um, in the, you know, on those new tracks. Um, and, and we had, uh, Bob Kulik, I believe. Um, and who knows? I, I, there was no ace either. So you're, you're missing some, some people there, I think. And, uh, that's another fact of, you know, it's just, it just falls, falls down there. But, you know, below the regular studio albums. Fair enough. Um, let me just ask you before going to Lonnie. As a fan who was actually a fan at the time, when do you remember getting this album? Did you get it as an import early on and hear about it, it, or was it way after? You know, pre, since this is pre-internet. I got it as I, I heard about it, and I finally got it as an import. Actually, a buddy of mine he picked it up from uh, you'll you know the store Rasputin's. Um, he was there and he saw it and he knew, well, <laughs> he, he bought it for me and brought it over and gave it to me. So, um, which was cool. Um, and I, you know, I enjoyed listening to new music. It's always great to hear new music from the band. Um, and it was like, Oh, well, why didn't they, you know, keep doing this or just put a full album out? I guess, you know, it is like Mark said, a precursor to, to creatures though. So, yep. Cool. Nice to hear that. Lonnie, your thoughts on Killers? Um, well, I enjoy the four songs. It's not, I guess I ranked it lower because it's just not on my go-to if I'm going to go listen to Kiss. I'm not big on compilation albums. I know the band's really high on compilation albums, but I'm not real big on, on that. And I guess I, like, I enjoy those four songs, but it's just, they're not, they don't move the needle a whole lot for me. I'm kind of like Julian kind of sums it up when he said it's just kind of like one, one note the whole way through. They don't, they don't, I don't know. They just don't do a whole lot for me. Well, well, they're decent. Now I'm with Mark. I enjoy them better than most anything that's on hot in the shade. They're just not anything that, that gets me excited. Yeah. Here, here. Like, I'm, oh, I'm going to go here. No one. So Lonnie's Lonnie's advice is rather than listening to Hot in the Shade, go throw on these four tracks. And I I wholeheartedly agree. All right. In in seventh place, (coughs) Animalize. And that actually is supposed to be the band's best-selling album of the 1980s, having nearly attained double platinum. But since it's never been recertified, I guess we'll never know. Um, You know, I rank this pretty low and it's always been low on my list you know i had i think i did have it mark and me again you know both had it you know third from bottom in our list and for me it's always been because it's missing something like gene um but it's missing something in terms of the songs that there's something in the sound in the production that just leaves it lacking and while paul's stuff is fantastic you know heaven's on fire obviously under the gun um i've had enough into the fire the rest of it is pretty, and that includes Thrills in the Night, is pretty lackluster. But sonically, it's totally missing something um, like passion, that, that that unquantifiable thing for me, to my ears. Mark, you hate it as well, so you're next. <laughs> well, what's it missing? It's missing a, 
a decent producer. I mean, it started off with Michael James Jackson doing the drums with them, and then he had to take off and do other things. And who took over? Paul and executive producer Gene Simmons. So that pretty much explains why it ended up being not sonically as good, because that's pretty much one of the more earlier records they got production credit for, I think. Right? So, um, you know, and, and I agree, There's the songs are some of them are decent you know heavens on fire was good and stuff like that but again for me personally my older sister had this record and she just played it to death and she was one of those people that once she found a song that she liked on a record it'd be like put the needle back on it again put the needle back on it again I'm like no keep playing the record you know and she would just listen to it and that song became quickly you know a cheese grater to my ears after a while so <laughs> which uh, was but, you know, uh, heavens on fire course yeah that was the one that she kept playing over and over and over i was like oh man but you know this record i have a funny relationship with because when i in the mood to listen to it i will listen to it like for a couple of days in a row and find that i kind of you know find it's okay because you know some of the guitar playing is pretty good by mark st john it is a little crazy and you know over the top in spots but sometimes i'm in the mood for that you know but is it sonically their best rig no not even close is it their best written stuff Definitely not even close. Yeah, Ken, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I ranked it six on mine. Um, I think I I didn't like it as much before, but I like it more now than I did before. Um, I don't know why, but I, I I agree though the production is is not the greatest. Um, you should have probably had Gene produce it instead of you know having Paul produce it because I think Gene produces better in my opinion, but. Um, yeah, the problem with it is again, yeah, there's a couple of songs, Gene songs at the end there that are are not great. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> uh, whoa! I know, it's surprising, <laughs> but uh, but uh, Burn Bitch, I I like Burn Bitch Burn. Excuse my language, and <laughs> and, uh, it, and it's uh, it's a kid podcast, a kiss yeah, podcast, yeah, lonely, a kiss, not a kid, know, not a kids podcast. Lonely is the hunter. Lonely is the hunter. I, I actually like that song. Uh, and that was about the first one that uh, uh, Kulik played on, Bruce did. Um, but otherwise, you know, the other problem with it is it's there's not a it's not cohesive uh, as far as song wise and theme. Uh, it just it just kind of it, it it doesn't flow well. Um, that's the other you know problem with the album. But otherwise, it's not horrible. It's not horrible. All right, like uh, like Mark Except and me. For, you know, I know Mark. It's is, is, not horrible. That's enjoy it. Sorry, my my you know, dog. Just, it's not horrible dog, as as some others <laughs> think it is. My dog just panel. dropped a huge fart here. Sorry, I'm just trying to get. Jesus, I'm getting stinked out here by. Let's her. wait till we get this out. You know her t- her timing's terrible. She really should have done that through, during smashes. There you go. Yeah. All right, uh, Lonnie, you uh, ranked this the same as Ken, so uh, yeah, I put it's, it six. It's it's midway for me because I think Asylum. Can I say Asylum? Analyze is one of the first albums I ha- is one of the first albums I had on my own. I had it on. I had an audio cassette of it when I was a kid, and played the hell out of it. So it's it's okay. I mean, as as but as I gotten older and I go back and listen to it now, I'm like. Uh, that's not as good as I remember it was when I was a kid. So it that moves it back down to six as opposed to, to higher up. And you guys talk about 
Gene and Paul producing and the issues that you guys have with the album. And I guess I go back when I think about this album now and looking at it, you know, in a broader scope, but I think this album is missing and maybe an unpopular opinion amongst some, but what this album is missing is Vinnie Vincent. And I wish we would have gotten the opportunity to hear another album of Vinnie with the band and what some of those songs that turned up on those invasion albums could have sounded like with Gene and Paul and getting another dose of any advance in the album. That's what the album's missing. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. You and Ken are obviously both on the reasonable side of this podcast today. All right. In sixth place. I'm not drinking today. Some of them reasonable. (laughs) (laughs) And you don't have a dog farting in your office. (laughs) All right, in sixth in sixth place, uh, music from the elder. That's about right for me, uh, to my taste. You know, where did I have this? I had this in I had this in sixth. So I obviously oh, it just made it my wish, and um, and you know I think it's a good album. I think it sounds beautiful. It's recorded beautifully. There are some fantastic tracks on it, notably the Oath, um, Odyssey, Under the Rose, Dark Lights. You know. It, it's really got some good material. I probably one of the greatest Kiss anthems. Um, mm-hmm. Doesn't have enough ace, but um, it, it sounds beautiful. The guitar work that Paul does on it is fantastic. So it's always kind of been middle of the road for me. I go through phases where I write books on it. Uh, actually, Tim writes the books on it. I, I just help with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm, I'm that committed to the album. And then I go for a couple of years where I won't listen to it. So. Uh, just one of those albums mark yeah um yeah i've i've really had this album grow on me over the last couple of years i mean the book helped obviously because once i read it and got more detail about it it became more of an interesting listen because you know you learn new things about it that you know you kind of listen for or you know pay more attention to so um it's definitely went up maybe like Four or five years ago, maybe it would have been a situation where it would, would have been a lot lower, right? But uh, yeah, it's it. I think where it is is about right. It's about middle area. Um, you know, it has different. Um, it has some different kinds of style of writing, obviously, for them. So that takes a little bit of getting used to. But you know, the songs are pretty good. I think the best quote for this is: "Is it a good record? Yes, but it's just not a great Kiss record." So. Fair enough. Ken, you ranked this the highest of any of us. Yeah, I ranked it as number four in my list. Um, I really enjoy it a lot. Um, Yes, um, I almost put, actually, I almost separated it from the rest of the albums because it's such a left turn for Kiss at the time. It was really a left turn they took. Um, Nice shirt, Mark. And, uh, (laughs) but it, yeah, when I first heard, listened to it, when I put it on, uh, you know, played the oath, and then it went into the other stuff. I'm like, wow, this is really different. You know, you know, where are they going here? Um, but you know, after a few listens, I really, I really enjoyed it. Um, I think it is well written and well performed. Um, again, yeah, it's it's not a your typical Kiss album about girls and and so on. Um, but uh, I, I just think it's a it stands up pretty darn well um, against other albums. I, I go back and listen to it quite a bit, so that's why it's up there. 
That's a very reasonable explanation. Lonnie, you had this one the lowest of us all. Did I? You did. Yeah, it's seven. Um, well, I enjoy The Elder. I think Mark summed it up with, with a quote that that Kiss gives about The Elder a lot. Well, it's a good album. It's not a good Kiss album. If I'm in the mood for a Kiss album, you know, The Elder is is very different than than anything else. I, if I'm in the mood for a Kiss album, I'm in, in the mood for, you know, one of the classic six the majority of the time. But if I'm in the mood for The Elder, I can be in the mood for The Elder, though, too. Um, so in ranking Kiss albums, it's hard for me to give it a higher a higher ranking. While I do enjoy it, um, when I think about Kiss, I don't necessarily always think about The Elder. While I do enjoy do enjoy it i enjoyed julian's book very much so and i enjoyed learning you know behind the scenes stuff that went into the album but as far as the album standalone by itself i just don't have it high on my in my kiss fandom rankings um there's there are standouts though with with the oath and with i and, and world without heroes i enjoy those all thoroughly but um for me it's just it's not higher standards than the others. Yep. So middle of the road and talking about as middle of the road as one can get and talking about one that another one that there's a book about crazy nights in number five. Um, hmm. And surprisingly, I ranked this when I was going through my list, this one kept bumping up a little higher, a little higher as I've really come to have a, a greater appreciation of Bruce's guitar work on this album mm. is absolutely fantastic. I've said it before on shows that I think it's comparable with Revenge in terms of the quality of his playing. And obviously he's always a very mm -hmm. good player, but just the consistency throughout the whole album of what he brings and the different skills, the different technical tricks, the production where you can clearly hear every facet of this album. There's also some incredibly crafted songs on this. So, again... It's middle of the road because there's some great material on it. The production takes away from that to a certain extent and leaves it sounding a bit dated now uh, to my ears. You just know that it, you know, it fits in there with Ultimate Sin. It fits in there with the Heart albums. It's so kind of mm -hmm. mid-80s uh, or mid to late 80s kind of over-processed, tinny um, pop metal. So... You know, it's middle of the road, but I, I, I do listen to this one quite a bit more than I probably ought to admit. Mainly, it might be just because it was the first new Kiss album that I bought after becoming a fan, and I remember waiting for it and waiting for it and waiting for it. Ken, how about you? Yeah, I had this pretty low. Uh, it's number seven on mine, <laughs> uh, just above Hot in the Shade. Um yeah, I mean, I, I think I enjoyed it when it first came out. Uh, I, I saw what Kiss was trying to do with uh, <clears throat> following the trend, um, but it, it hasn't lived up, you know, it doesn't, it hasn't aged well, I guess is the word. Um, it's, it is very tinny to me. Um, I, I want to hear guitars. I want to hear the guitar. I, yeah, we get the, I agree, Bruce. Uh, great guitar work on that album, fantastic. But one guitar solo or a bunch of solos from him is not going to save a album that has a lot of other, you know, fluff. In my opinion, um, I think there's some well-written songs, but they're not. Again, like the Elder, to me, this is another one that's not a 
Kiss album in the in the sense that it should be. Um, so yeah, it could have been produced by somebody else and changed it quite a lot um, over what it you know ended up being. So yeah, it, it just I just I just don't listen to it not much. Um, I just can't get over the production. Really can't get over it. Fair enough, and you had this lowest. Uh, Lonnie, you had this up uh, pretty high as well. Uh, yeah. I had it at five. I enjoy Crazy Nights. I'm with Julian. I probably enjoy it a little more than I should, actually. Um, it's very, and I, and I guess the reason why I like it is because it, it sounds like it's straight out of the mid-80s, and that's the kind of, and that's right in my wheelhouse that I really enjoy. So, while it does sound tinny and it does have its flaws and, and its warts, I do enjoy Crazy Nice for how Bon Jovi and esque or whatever it sounds. I well, probably because I like Bon Jovi, right? So why wouldn't I like Crazy Nights? Because that's what they were doing at the time. So um, it's good. I I don't. There's not many songs on the album that I really just skip over. I. You know, I really like I'll Fight Hell the Whole Dude, things like that, even too. I was actually, when I went, after I bought Crazy Nights, I went, you know, go back and, what were the singles on this? Because I didn't buy it when it came out. It's one of the albums I had to go back and buy. And I was like, really? I Fight Hell the Whole Dude wasn't a single? I, I found that hard to believe because I really enjoyed that song. So, um, for me, it's good. I, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy the 80s vibe on it. So it's a little bit higher for me than, than you guys. So. Yeah, Paul Stanley right. likes the album too. They were even here's a fun, yeah, he does. fun little fact. <laughs> yeah, he does. They're uh, they were thinking yeah, like about re-releasing "Reason to Live" as a single in the summer of 1990. Just think of that, because he, he didn't, didn't think that it got a fair shake when it came out, and it didn't. It, it stiffed, I think, at 64 on the U.S. chart. Mm-hmm. So when they were heading out on on tour, uh, in what was it, uh, May 1990? You know, throughout that spring, they'd. Uh, dallied around with uh using that as uh, a tour single so go figure mm-hmm. one of those things that didn't happen but i guess uh i can't remember when uh, rise to it came out but uh they already had a video video for that so mark you uh you like this the most of us yeah i mean my number four to number one picks were all picked for the reason because i think all of them have something very strong and significant about each of those records and a strong memory attached to them for me mm-hmm that's why they all kind of did now for me crazy nights was number three um mainly because there's a that song i mean turn on the night has a huge memory for me going to california the first time with a convertible car and having that on the radio when it came out it was just one of those things i'll never forget in my mind when i went down there and that song is on this record and besides that while i agree that the production is a little too glossy and glittery a lot of the songs are fantastic. I mean, I've had, you know, the opportunity to hear some of the earlier demos that were done for it. So obviously the songs could have took a different road when they were maybe looked at from that route. So to me, the songs are not bad. It's just how they were approached in the production that maybe weakened them a bit. But for me, I just attached this album to kind of like what Lonnie said. It's a kind of a mid-80s album. Um, the mid-80s to me was a very interesting time period too because you know there's a lot of stuff going around going on in toronto there's lots of concerts that was a time period where i started seeing a lot of concerts like my first concert I ever went to i was like 10 i went to see rush at grace, grace under <laughs> pressure in toronto and 
you know, from then on in, I was hooked on going to see concerts. So that time period, there was everybody coming through scorpions, you know, like all kinds of bands were coming through there. And I was always having an opportunity to go see it. So the late eighties was a time period of great concert going. And this was, you know, being played a lot, crazy night stuff on, on the radio and stuff like that. So it just, it's attached to, to me in that sort of a memory. Nice. Great memories as well. And I will say, you know, that period had production like this on other albums. Mm -hmm. Stuff like Tesla's Mechanical Resonance has a very similar production, but that's an an, an example where it works versus Kisses that it didn't work. So, you know, it's a fine line in personal taste and whatnot. All right. So we're getting into the, the top four now in fourth place. And this is a bit of a surprise. Unmasked. Again, you know, it, it's, I think it's very fair that it's right next to Crazy Nights because both of them are very similar in terms of what they were trying to do as, as an album. Um, I've got this middle of the road again. I think it's got some great pop songs on it at, for everything that was just said about uh, Turn on the Night. Um, you can say about Tomorrow as well, which just swings how good Unmasked actually was, as were Ace's songs and Is That You, the cover. So... You know, it's got some very strong songs that are let down by the production um, and where the band was going directionally, becoming a complete comic book band and, you know, everything else that went kind of wrong in their world. Uh, Let's see, who had this highest out of... Oh, Lonnie and Ken again. Ken! Yeah, this... The difference between this and, and, uh, you know, Crazy Nights for me is uh, songs on here I think are much better than what what was on Crazy Nights. Um plus we had Ace still, I mean, which is great to have a you know a few Ace songs on there. I think and also one of one of Gene's, you know, best songs ever, in my opinion, you know, uh on there. Naked City. Naked City, yes. And um but but yeah, I agree with the great pop of Tomorrow um, by Paul and even Shandy, you know, works uh, on it, you know. Um, so that's why it's high. I mean, it's it's well written. It's just, yeah, the production could have been better. And maybe if it was more like the Dynasty production, it would have, I, I think, been better. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it's a good album. It's not their best album, but it's a pretty darn good album. So Yeah, maybe if Eddie Kramer had just engineered it rather than Vinnie Poncia producing it. I I agree. When you think I of agree. the sound of those uh the Alive Two studio recordings. Lonnie, you had it ranked the same as uh Ken. Yeah, I really I really I think song wise this album is very, very strong. And I agree with, with Ken. It's nice to have Ace Fraley still in the band. You get some Ace Fraley songs in there. It's song wise, it's great. Production wise, it's lacking tremendously. Had you had a different producer, had you strip, if you could strip out the keyboards and other bull crap that's in there, I think you'd have a very strong album that could have sold a whole lot better and, you know, maybe, maybe given them the opportunity to tour America instead of just going away and hiding after the album was released after you tour Europe and tour Australia, you didn't do a proper tour of the States because it's the market wasn't there for you to do so. But I think had the 
but it's a shame because those songs are really good. So I think if those songs had been produced differently, I think um, the album would have been accepted a whole lot better. So I have it really high on my list because of the fact that I think the songs are so strong. There's production lacking, yes, like I mentioned, the production is lacking. But I think song-wise, it's it's one of their stronger albums. Yep. This is one that I would love to hear the multi-tracks from, to hear oh, what, yeah. what is buried and never made it into the actual mix, uh, just what else was recorded. Um, I, I'd just be fascinated to hear that for this album. All right, Mark, um, yeah, you were pretty much on, you know, just one behind Ken and uh, Lonnie on that. Yeah, I mean, like I said before, a lot of these, the top four of mine all had strong connections for some reason. And Unmasked is one of those records. To me, I've always looked at Unmasked as sort of the sister record to Dynasty. It kind of was along the same path, but maybe not as good. Um, one of the things that I noticed about it when listening to it, I like that it still has that kind of New York vibe that Dynasty had that I really enjoyed that it kind of went over into Unmasked. One of the things that I think that happened this time is I think, I don't know, Vinny Poncia had a bit of cotton balls in his ears and didn't turn up some of the high-end stuff on the mixing board because it's lacking that sheen that Dynasty had. This is kind of a little bit more duller of a mix, I find. I think that they could have, you know, if they went back in and remixed it and just, you know, fiddled with the high mids and the, the high frequencies a little bit more on the guitars and stuff like that and maybe pulled back the keyboards, it would have been fantastic. The songs are all there. The singing's good. Ace has some fantastic songs on there. His guitar tone is really good. It could have just needed a little bit of beefing up here and there. It's all stuff that can be fixed to make it even more stellar than it is. But for me, the thing that always makes this record um, like memorable for me, and I have a lot of pressings of this. This is one of the records that I have like at least nine, ten different pressings of this. I really connected with this record for some reason. But mainly it's because of that. The New York vibe, I really liked it and I enjoyed it. But you know, if they would have just tweaked it just that little bit more, you know, I think it would have been a, a really standout record for them. They just need to bump up the Nevison a little bit on the production, eh? <laughs> That's <Ooh>. a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> All right. So number three is going to be no shock to anyone because Mark and I obviously skew this whole um, ranking with our picks for this album. Asylum. Shut your eyes. Don't see the cover. Listen to the music. Actually, don't shut your eyes because you will see the cover because uh, I just told you not to. It pops into your head and explodes. You're like, holy shit, that cover's bad. But the music, <laughs> everything that's wrong with Animal Eyes, for me, is fixed with Asylum. The production is much better. You've got what what was missing is now there. The salt and pepper, the seasoning is there. The, it's, and I think it may be some of those same things that Mark was just talking about. Some of those highs are back in the mix. There's a little bit more depth of frequency. And I think the songs, and no one will ever be able to change my mind on this because this is the album that got me into Kiss. Um, even if I only ranked it, you know, my third favorite album of the 80s. I, I just think the songs are stunning. Who wants to be lonely to this day? And I'm so glad they made a video for it. Tears are falling. Uh, all night, I'll just stupid 14-year-old me says, yeah, you know, look at the girls. Um, so 
I, th- I think the songs are stronger than the previous album. I think the production's better than the previous album. I think the drums are bombastic. And just like the previous album, Heaven's on Fire obviously has a great story on it that Paul's intro was just him warming up in the studio and they happened to have tape running. They said, that's great, we're keeping that. Same thing happened on this album. Eric Carr was warming up in the studio, just getting ready, and boom, that's your intro to King of the Mountain. Unplanned, those sorts of stories are what I love about this band. And to this day, I love that album. I love that starting track, that opening track. Just what a great opener for a Kiss album. Uh, Lonnie, Asylum. I had it four on my list. Pretty, you know, fairly high. I enjoy it. I enjoy the, the again the '80s vibe to it. Like I enjoy, it, like I mentioned with with Crazy Nights. Tears are falling. Yeah, tears are falling. Who wants to be lonely? Is very high up on my all time his tracks so it's good i it's an album i still had i still had to go back like i mentioned my crazy nights i still had to go back and buy this one too it wasn't one that i got it's one of the few i didn't get still when it first came out it's still too young so um it's good i, I think julian said julian said it well in that what they got wrong on analyze they got right on asylum that a lot of the the problems are fixed and it's a it's a classic 80s style kiss record so it's, it's a standout for me as well and good tracks good songs you know put it higher on my list just like you guys nice mark you rank this the highest of you know tell us why tell us why it's number one mark well i mean i think that paul learned his lesson um from uh animalize as far as producing goes i think he did a stand-up job on this record um, again, one of those records that for me has a great memory attached to it. It was also a, a co- concert tour that I was supposed to go and see, and unfortunately wasn't able to go see due to, you know, prior arrangements. Unfortunately, but um, I, I just love this record. I think again, Bruce Kulick did a fantastic job on this record. I think that, I mean, let's put it this way: he did this. This is his first record that he did full for them. And right after this record came out, they had him doing his record. So that's going to tell you something already, how good you know his his playing on this album. So I, I just think that there's no, there's nothing wrong with this record. Every song on here is very good. Uh, I think the production of it is is really good. And to me, it'll always be the best non makeup album that they've done. Period. Wow. Wow, that's deep. All right, Ken. <laughs> While it's uh, my what lowest, I guess at number what, five on my list. Um, it, yeah, I got it ranked up above, just above Animalize. So yeah, it was a it was a big improvement over Animalize actually. Um, uh, yeah, while I didn't, yeah, you know, love the cover of course and that sort of thing you know, sort of thing. Um, the songs are, are pretty darn good. Um, and even, you know, uh, the Gene songs, which is surprisingly with some of them like, uh, uh, you know, trial by fire and, and so on are, you know, are pretty, pretty darn good. He's kind of like finding his footing again, uh, as the eighties, you know, go and he's, uh, you know, done pretty good over it. Well, a lot better over 
animalize his, his song material was totally improved over that. Um, but uh, it's it's solid. Um, I don't think there's really a the only track that really I don't care for that much on this whole thing is probably Radar for Love. To me, that's like a throwaway for me. Everything else is 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 great. Everything else is great on this this album. I listened to it not that long ago either. I, I probably a couple of weeks ago, the full thing through uh, in the car. So <coughs> it, I enjoyed it. I didn't skip. Nice. All right, let's do a recap because obviously the top two are just predictable. And uh, if you made it this far through this episode, you already know which they are. You're just wondering which one's going to be number one. All right, on four points, smashes, thrashes, and hits. And this is obviously just the average for our panel of uh, the points from our list. On nine points, hot in the shade. On 13 points, kiss killers. On 16 points, animalize. On 22 points, music from the elder. On 25 points, crazy nights. On 28 points, Unmasked. On 31 points, Asylum. In number two, on 34 points, Lick It Up. And uh, it's pop perfection for me. This is my favorite album of the 1980s. It's just everything on that album is perfect, with one minor thing. If it just sounded a little closer to the sonics of Creatures. It would be absolute perfection. There's just some edge has been lost from that energy of the anger and the drive that they were recording in 82 is just missing in 83. But the songs are improved. Vinny's got a more prominent role, semi fully integrated into the band. And just from start to finish, it is, uh, for me, the most perfect of the 80s albums. It's just nearly flawless. You know, it's like a 10.0 with a slight dot, dot, dot. All right. Uh, anyone else have this really high? Uh, Mark, you have this the lowest of us all. Your thoughts? Okay. Now I know I'm going to get hate mail for this. Um, per- personally, I think that this album is very blah compared to Creatures of the Night. To me, I look at it the same way like Dynasty and Unmasked. I think Creatures is the far superior record to this in every shape and form. I agree with Paul Stanley. He said the same thing. He thinks that it's a way better record than Lick It Up is. And to me, it's mainly because of the production. is is It's just flat compared to what you heard from... Like, just imagine listening to Creatures, and then you put that Lick It Up on, you're like, Ugh. like, And what a downplay in production that was. You know, and, and this whole reasoning that Gene gave, well, that the production didn't work on the last record, so we changed it. Well, we, one record is hardly enough to give it a chance. I mean, give me a break, you know. And really, the the other thing that kind of goes against this record for me is the ending of this record. Dance All Over Your Face and On the Eighth Day are terrible songs, okay? I never liked them. I think that ending the album with two Gene songs like that and not even good Gene songs, just to me, plummeted it down the rankings for me. I, I just don't think it just holds any water to creatures. And I really don't think it holds any water to the records that I put before it. I think Unmasked I like better. I like Asylum a lot better than this. I mean, really, I mean yeah, I did put it back on the put Kiss back on the map, but it's because they took the makeup off and they had a single that connected, lick it up. I mean it's a good song, right? But other than that, I mean I don't know. Yes, I know. Boomy, hiss, curse, 
throw your eggs on me, but you know that's what I, that's what I think. I just think it's a the the bad follow up to creatures. Well, nobody's perfect, Ken. <laughs> yeah, first of all, Mark is wrong, and <laughs> so secondly, no, I mean, Mark, you said it was black. Actually, the album was is white, right? It's white no, color. bland. Like oh, Blant. I thought you said Black. Okay, Blant. Okay, sorry. I guess my uh, earphones weren't good. Um, well, okay. Um, this album, look it up, is it's it flip flops for me between Creatures of Night and and Look It Up. It could be number one. It could be number two. I, I mean, it goes back and forth. Um, I do agree though on the production that yeah, if they would have retained that Creatures production, the drums. And it's it more separation that it was, you know, cleaner um, creatures. Because um, so I remember when I first got Lick It Up, I noticed that even the vocals were not as clean, not, not as easy to understand the lyrics or what they were singing. Because I remember getting it, Lick It Up, on a cassette like uh, a week before it was even officially released because I knew somebody at the record store. Um which was nice. cool. Uh, yeah, it was nice. Uh, but uh, I, I just love the album. I, actually, in those the Gene songs, even at the end, I know some people don't like that. I I enjoy those. I think they're pretty darn good. I mean, they're they're different. They're not your typical Gene song, but they're they're pretty darn good. Uh, uh, we do know it's Vinny's favorite Kiss album. Um, I know that. Um, but uh, I think it's the material is strong, very strong because of the writing uh they didn't have to go get a rock and roll hell from bachman turnover driver wherever it came from um originally um they had a lot of material and it was pretty darn strong so uh not for the innocent great man you know just a fantastic song so again creature night look it up on any given day i could flip flop those as my number one or two um uh, they're just both great albums, in my opinion. Agreed. Lonnie? Yeah, Mark's wrong. And <laughs> it's too wrong. <laughs> Lick It Up is fantastic. It's, it, it's, it's everything a, a Kiss album needed to be in 1983, and it's the album that put them back in the public eye and back on the map and with good reason, not just taking the makeup off. Not only did they need to take the makeup off to spark their resurgence, but they needed a good album to go along with it. And that's exactly what they had from the opening sounds of Exciter and all the way through. It is one of my favorite Kiss albums and always will be. No question about it. I mean, Vinny's playing on it is magnificent. Eric's drumming is phenomenal. And Gene and Paul's vocals are, are good as well. And the songwriting, the songwriting, say what you want, the songwriting is incredible. And that's why the album is so strong, is Vinny's songwriting. Yeah, I totally agree. I think when Vinny's restrained, like all systems go, I prefer Correct. to, you know, Invasion. Correct. Then you get the benefits, and it's the consistency throughout the album. What's been funny on you know all of our list is that today 
Ken and Lonnie have been one faction with five identical picks. And Mark and I have been the other faction with five identical different picks, you know, in, in the same rankings. So you can see who's on which page. All right, number one, obviously Creatures of the Night on 38 points. Clear winner. It was Ken and Lonnie's favorite, my, Mark and my second favorite. So that's how it, you know, has a KO punch over Lick It Up. And it's obvious that the anger and aggression and determine more actually appropriately determination um, and drive and motivation were what really brought kiss back with creatures even if it did shit all commercially it it was a failure but it was a massive success in that it turned the band around and gave them i would say the energy to face the rest of the 80s um it it was a full stop to the elder period and everything that it came before and was one foot in a forward direction. So they finally moved forward and started progressing the material that they, they did themselves, you know, even the stuff that Adam Mitchell and the co-writes have, you know, creatures of the night again, what an opening, you know, if you're going to have a declaration of intent after, you know, the, the last album before that elder was supposed to start off with the freaking fanfare. I mean, come on, think about it. You know, you can't go further away from that than the creatures opening. So, Great songs, great performances, some of the best Gene vocals of the 80s on this album. That's really distracting. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's Ken telling me to shut up. All right, Ken, tell us no, why Creatures is, you. uh, is your top pick. I'm not telling you to shut up. Um, uh, yeah, Creatures and I, I mean, I wish you guys could have been there, and maybe you were, but you weren't. <laughs> but uh, when I first had got that album and 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 put it on and i was just totally blown away um it's what it's what kiss needed at the time and what the fan needed i was the fan and after the prior few albums wow i was like it was a kick to you know kick to the balls it's like man what the, this, these guys these guys went all out and made something great something that they needed to do. And I loved it. I, I must have played it like over and over. And I, I told you the story uh, before where I, I, you know, I right after listening to it, I, maybe the first couple of songs or first side album, I called my, my buddy and said, I said, they're back, you know, kiss is back. <laughs> they did it. They did it. You know, it was like they, they pulled it off. Um, so it was just a, a a great thing and again all the music on there is is great the playing the production is that's it top notch i mean that's what really i think puts it over the top um so it's number one with look it up right there by its side in my opinion so great stuff yeah, and I was going to end my thoughts with it. It's not a KO, it's a TKO. Um, and that's why, mm. you know, for me, Lick It Up just edges it is because of something like Rock and Roll Hell and nine mm -hmm. songs versus ten. Well, we could debate that Lick It Up should only have had nine if you take off one of those Gene songs you don't like. But, you know, there's just a slight inconsistency on creatures that may come from all the different guitarists and all the different kind of things that yeah, come together, yeah. which are, much, you know, Lick It Up is a more consistently performed album, with the exception of Exciter, obviously, which is negligible. But Rock and Roll Hell, 
is just what makes that my number two album versus my number one. And ask me tomorrow, and I could flip them around easily like you. You know, both of yeah. them are extremely good. Lonnie, you also had this as your top pick. Yeah, I could not flip them around. As much as I liked Creatures of the Night, I mean, as much as I sung Look It Up's praises a minute ago, Creatures of the Night is clear-cut number one today, tomorrow, and always will be. Creatures of the Night is one of my, as much as I love Look It Up, Creatures of the Night is even higher on that list, and it's by a large step. It is sonically their one of their best sound, sounding albums, if not their best sounding album. It's right up there with Revenge, the way the album, with the way the band comes off in the studio. Um, Michael James Ashton did a phenomenal job. I wish that would have been duplicated to a T on Lick It Up, and unfortunately, it was not. So, and I guess another reason why it's so hot there, because it is one of the albums that I grew up with. It's like one of my introductions to Kiss was Creatures of the Night. My brother had, um, sorry. <laughs> Ding, you're out of time. The gong show. <laughs> my brother had audio cassettes of Destroyer and Creatures of the Night. Those are my introductions to Kiss for those two albums. So Creatures always has a high, high place for me. And because it is such a great album, it's it's number one it's number one 80s album kiss album hands down always has always will be nice mark does your flatulent dog need to go somewhere we better get yeah. to you <laughs> no she just came to show me that she found her little stuffed pig toys so that that's it she's always so proud when she finds her toys for some reason anyways um is it my turn to go it sure is sure okay um so creatures this is the record Okay, it's number two for me on my list. Uh, only reason why Asylum is higher is because I just like the songs better and it has a little bit more of a stronger connection for me, you know, personally. But Creatures of the Night is a record that I listen to a lot. Like, a, like really a, a lot. Um, I really love it. It's the record that made me get much more interested into audio engineering. When I heard the sound of that drum set, and the whole production of this record, I, I was totally floored. I was like, wow, like, how do you get a drum set to sound like that? It was like cannon fire. And, you know, and especially when you get into some of my friends' cars who had like these, you know, pimped out stereo systems and you tell them, put this in your car. And they were like, holy <laughs> shit, you know, when they put it in their car, like, who the hell is that? You know, they were always like impressed with the drum sound and everything. And, you know, I, I went deep into it, finding out all these, you know, telefunk and microphones that he used in the studio to record the drums and this and that and what kind of amps they used. And, you know, it's it had that kind of effect on me way beyond just the songs themselves. I mean, the songs are great. And I'm going to go on record to say that this has, even though Gene doesn't play as much physically on this record, but it has one of the best sounding bass guitar sounds on here for sure. Like, Rock and Roll Hell during the verses, that clickety-clackety bass. I really love that sound of his bass guitar, and it appears throughout this album and certain songs as well. Uh, I just think it's fantastic. I mean, I mean, now I know that we're sick of this song now, but back when this record was relatively fresher for everybody, War Machine was a song that I just loved mm. listening to. And it was also the theme of one of my favorite wrestlers back in the day, Taz. He used to come into the ring with War Machine. So I thought that that was really cool back when he was an ECW wrestler. Um, so it, it's, it has that kind of connection to me that I really love this. I mean, it, it's just such a powerful sounding record that people would use it for stuff like that. Like a wrestler would use it to come into the ring because it sounded awesome on big systems, you know? So 
it, it's a great album. I think it's Michael James Jackson's crowning achievement as a producer. I'll just say that. Yeah. But it also is something that you couldn't plan. And how did they get those drums sounding as great as they did? Luck. Because that wasn't Eric Carr's kit. No. You know, that, no. that was... And, and they did... That was Toto's... Uh, it was, uh, you know, a Heinz yeah. 57 kit, you know, that had come from Toto's uh, yeah. studio, session drummer. But, you but know. they did also check the drum rooms. They also did go and they, research they the They totally and researched like the rooms. Gene and Eric went around with yeah. microphones mm-hmm. and recorded loops until they found one that sounded right, you know, just hitting snare until they got one that they liked. So, you know, they did the research on what they want in terms of ambiance, but then they got lucky with the drum kit and put Eric yeah. Carr, Eric fucking Carr, yeah. is the machine so you know, right. it, you know it's just magical and the band was motivated and determined so it's no shock that it's the number one pick from this panel so you know that's our show for this week let's just do a quick recount from our least favorite to our most favorite smash thrashes and hits hot in the shade killers animal eyes music from the elder crazy nights unmasked asylum pick it up and number one pick from the Kiss FAQ panel this week, Creatures of the Night, our favorite album, studio album of the Kiss 19, Kiss's 1980s output. You know, what do you think? You know, <coughs> which who surprised you with where they put an album? You know, what are your top 10 lists from these albums that were released in the 1980s? You know, everyone's got different tastes, and uh, every single one of our lists is right because. There are lists, and they'll probably change tomorrow if we re- redid them. So, you know, that's the nice thing about being a Kiss fan. You can, there's an album for every day of the week, you know. All right, let's leave that there. Remember, J.R. Smalling needs your help. See the link in this show episode or on the FAQ or on social media somewhere else. Um, do what you can. It's very much appreciated, and I'm sure J.R. is deeply appreciative of the response that this GoFundMe is getting. So... I will see those of you that I see in Indy come up and say hi. If I don't remember you from last time we met, I apologize in advance. I'm really, really bad, and I'm not taking my glasses. So I'll see you there. Guys, thanks for being here, and we'll be back next week. All right, bye for now. Thank you for spending time listening to the KISS FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.